Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall, and this is Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we'll meet a scientist who helps children. I feel like scientists help children by teaching them cool things about the way the world works. And dinosaurs. Don't forget dinosaurs. But Tarita Castro is a scientist who spent her life using science to make kids' lives better. Today, we'll follow her journey starting from when she was a curious kid with a big, tough question. We'll hear Tarita's story just after this. Before we get to this week's episode of Tumble, we've got some new patrons to thank. Kavi Bersarya, Mr. Tony D, Grayson and Nolan Congdon, and Desmond. Thanks so much for becoming new supporters of Tumble on Patreon. And if you're waiting for a birthday shout-out, don't worry. You'll get it at the end of the episode. Just keep listening. Before we start, I want to uh, address the elephant in the room, which is your voice. <laughs> I mean, it's been worse. <laughs> it's a little ragged right now. Tra-la-la-la, here I am, I'm sick. <laughs> the nice thing is I can sing much lower than I usually do. Old Man River, that old Let's get man started with the show. <laughs> Charita Castro is American, but being a Filipina is a big part of her life. My mom and dad are from the Philippines, and my brother and I had a very happy childhood being raised in a big Filipino family with parents, aunties, and uncles and cousins. Charita's dad was in the U.S. Navy, and her family lived outside of the U.S. during her childhood. I am a military brat, a Navy brat, and we lived in Japan for about 10 years. Living in Japan seems pretty cool. Yeah, and Charita's family was really happy there because Japan is very close to the Philippines. They spent every summer and winter vacation with their Filipino family. So I spent quite a bit of time in the Philippines as a child going back and forth. And that's where Charita saw something she would never forget and started her journey into science. So when I was in the Philippines, uh, I would go out with my mom. She would take me to see her favorite places. Charita's mom took her to a big, beautiful park to go on walks and visited their favorite restaurants and shops. Charita loved being with her mom and seeing everything that was special to her. But Charita didn't just see the places. She saw the people who were there, too. She noticed that there were many kids her age, but they weren't enjoying the day with their parents. And I would see children working on the streets. These children were working to support their families. And so I would either see children alone or in packs, working to sell flowers, water, food, or just asking for money. Seeing these children made Charita confused. She wondered why they weren't with their parents or in school. She wondered, How come those children don't have what I have? Charita would spend many, many years trying to answer that question. I suspect that there's no easy answer to that. It's not like exactly two plus two. It's a hard question, but Charita's parents wanted her to ask it. My mom came from a really urban, poor neighborhood. My dad was raised in the countryside. And they wanted us to see what poverty looks like. What does it mean to be poor and not have running water? Or maybe not even having shoes and walking barefoot. So why did Charita's parents want her to see that? 
because that was the life that they had come from. I mean, my mom tells me a story of when she reflects back on her life now, that there were times that she didn't have a toothbrush to brush her teeth and she didn't have shoes or even bakya. Bakya in Tagalog is like a wooden slipper to go to school. Charita's mom worked hard to go to school and finish college, but not all of her siblings were so lucky. Some of my aunties and uncles had to drop out. They worked on the side of the railroad selling food, newspapers. And, you know, even my father, who comes from a rural area, he also had to work. He sold bread in the morning. So Charita's parents really had to work, like not just making the bed and sweeping the floor and doing chores around the house. Right. So growing up, they weren't too different from the children that Charita had seen on the street. And they wanted to instill in us a sense of not just taking things for granted, but being able to give back to others in life. That's a big lesson. It was an important lesson. And Charita got it in many ways. Like this one time when she was in kindergarten and her mom came to have school lunch with her. And I was so excited that I was going to eat lunch with my mom. Charita was so excited to sit with her mom in the cafeteria. And then we had these juice boxes. And I just love these triangle juice boxes. And my mom had one. And so I was like, oh, I get to have two juice boxes. And she looked at me and she said, well, your classmate doesn't have a juice box. So you should give that one to her. At first, Charita felt bad for wanting more than she already had. But then she saw the lesson in it. I realized what my mom also was doing in that moment was teaching me to share and to be kind to others who didn't have much. And I think that's something that I have kept with me in thinking about a profession and being in a helping profession and using science to help others. Sometimes big lessons come in triangle juice box packages. (laughs) Charita knew then that she wanted to help people who had less than her. That's great, but there are lots of ways to help people, so why did she decide to use science to help people? That's a good question. When she was a kindergartner, Charita didn't know that science could help people. She had much further to go on her journey of science discovery. And first, she had to go back to the U.S., My brother and I were 14 and 15 years old when we moved to Jacksonville, Florida, after not living in the United States for all that time. It was a rough landing in the U.S. They'd been living in Japan with teachers and other students who were Asian like them. In Florida, they stuck out. Jarita's brother had a particularly hard time. And I witnessed the impact racism could have on a child and family. Charita's brother was bullied because he was Asian. It turned him and their whole family upside down. Charita also had trouble making new friends. She was shy. She worried whether or not people liked her. But then also, because my brother was struggling so much, I just wanted to do well for my parents so that they didn't have to worry about another child. Charita put everything into school. Luckily, she found teachers that she loved. When I was going through high school, I had the best math and science teachers. These teachers even paid for Charita to attend a science camp during the summer. 
And that kind of started my journey into the field of science. Jarita began to see science as something she could do for a living, but she didn't know how it could help people. That discovery came when she was in college and took a psychology class. It was a class studying what teenagers go through, especially girls. So psychology is the study of the mind and behavior, right? Yeah, so this class was studying what teenagers feel. And for Charita, the class felt like therapy. The textbook was telling her the story of her own life. I remember being in my dorm room just reading things over and over again, whether it meant feelings of being sad, feelings of being insecure, feelings of wanting to belong and have friends, all of that. Charita had felt all these things when she was a girl. Now she realized other girls had felt them too. Science was a way to understand those feelings and discover how to help people feel better. I felt less alone, and that's when I decided that I wanted to go into the social science research fields in order to make others feel less alone. And that's how Charita discovered how to use science to help people. Her big eureka moment. But um, what are the social science research fields? Could I go there and, like, run around in them? No, you can't. Because a research field isn't a physical field. It is a way to talk about a type of research. And social scientists study people, what they do or what they think and why. When I think about social science, it's really quite a broad field. And for me, it's about using data to help other people. In her textbook, Jarita saw how experiences and feelings could be translated into numbers to understand people's problems in a much bigger way. You realize that these are objective things that can be studied to help people be the best that they can be for themselves, but also to help people be the best they can be to each other and for humanity. So by studying people, you can figure out ways to make things better for everyone. That's the vision. There are a lot of things you can study about people to improve their lives. But Tarita came back to that question that she had asked as a child in the Philippines. How come those children don't have what I have? Now she had the tools to help find the answer. She started by counting. And so I learned how surveys were done to count people, to study their situations. Surveys are like long lists of personal questions, right? Right. Charita had surveys about how children worked, and she learned that most working children were on farms. And when they are working, how many hours they are working, is it affecting their education? These were important numbers, but she wanted to understand the problem the way that her parents had taught her, in person. And as I looked at the data and these numbers, I said, but I don't really know what the children are going through. I have to go to the Philippines. I have to see it. So did she go? She did for a year. 
I stayed at farms. I watched children on rice farms, sugarcane farms, coconut farms. I took motorcycle rides from the city center to one hours, two hours to go to the rural, rural areas and see children in their element and collect their stories. Dorita talked to the children and their parents. She put faces to the numbers in her surveys. And that brought the data alive to me. So did Dorita figure out the answer to her original question of why other children had less than she had? Well, she kind of changed her question. She wanted to know more about what she could do about it. So what can we do to protect those children? Oh man, that's even tougher. What can we do and and what does Charita do? Charita makes recommendations to people who can change things for children. They're called decision makers. Sometimes they're in the government, sometimes they're heads of companies. So like your parents, but for more people. I get to work with amazing researchers, social scientists who are making recommendations to governments and saying, here's how we can protect children. Jarita has worked on projects that support kids going to school, and she's also worked with the United Nations. And this year, she has very big goals. The year 2021 is the United Nations declared year for the International Year to Eliminate Child Labor. Wow, that's really exciting. Yes, Charita believes everyone can help children that they haven't even met, who live in faraway places and have lives we might have a hard time imagining. And so we do have a shared commitment as global citizens, global children, to protect the other world's children. Wow, that's a big commitment. It is. And that's how Charita finally answered the question she asked as a kid— She wanted to solve the problem that she saw on the streets. And she discovered that social science is one way to do that. Do you want to know how you can help children who have to work? There are many organizations that work to end child labor, and they could use your help. Charita recommends using your talents to help raise money to donate. She gave the example of her 10-year-old friend who baked marshmallows and macaroons. And I helped sell them for her, and we raised about $700. They donated it to an organization Charita believes in. What talents do you have that you could use to support a cause you believe in? Maybe it's baking or crafting or organizing a special event. Brainstorm some things you could do, then try it out. Even a little bit counts. Thanks today to Dr. Charita Castro, Director of Labor Affairs at the United States Trade Representative. Charita is an If Then ambassador. If Then seeks to further advance women in science, technology, engineering, and math by empowering current innovators and inspiring the next generation of pioneers. This episode is made possible by an If Then mini grant. Want to learn more about Charita's journey and how she got into the social science research field? Listen to our bonus interview podcast available to patrons who pledge just $1 or more a month at patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. We'll have links to Charita's favorite and most trusted organizations that fight child labor, like The Voice of the Free. That's on our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com. There, you can get more information about what you can do to help end child labor. We'd like to welcome our new summer interns, Hadley Jevin and Peter Anger. 
they'll be joining us over the summer. Eric Kuhn did the engineering and mixing on this episode. Sarah Robertson-Lentz made the episode art and is our head of partnerships. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote this episode. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all the music. Tumble is produced by Tumble Media. This is our last episode of our sixth season, but don't worry, we'll have lots of listening for you over the summer, including a brand new podcast. So stay subscribed and keep sending us questions for season seven. We'll be back in September with new episodes. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. Now that it's all over, we got a bunch of birthday shoutouts to do. Grayson Congdon, Mom and Dad Love You and Your Curious Spirit, keep on learning. Your creative inventions are so cool, and happy birthday on June 11th. Victor, keep your curiosity in science. Enjoy the adventures of exploring. Love from Mom, Dad, and Angela on your birthday on June 12th. Madeline Jones, keep asking questions and looking for answers. Love from your mom, and happy birthday on June 13th. Kavi Basaria, happy, happy birthday on June 14th. Keep on learning and building awesome things, and your family loves you so much. Happy sixth birthday to Desmond on June 17th from Mama and Dad. And also from Marin, Leo, Senor Meow, Blitz, Eddie, Chicken Nugget Tail, Mickey, Fanatic, Baya, Lion, Giraffe, and Mateo. To Tessa, our little adventurer, keep making us proud while always exploring and having fun. Happy birthday on June 18th from Mum, Dad, and Leo. Happy birthday to Lucy Cutting on June 20th from Mom, Dad, Oliver, the goats, the chickens, the dogs, the cats, the horses, the frogs, and the turkey. There's, there's just one turkey. To Emmett, happy birthday on June 24th. And remember that when your dad tells you to do something, you better not do it. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. To get a birthday shout-out of your own like these fine folks, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and support us at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. And join us next time for more stories of science discovery and more birthday shout-outs.